0: when you do what you love like yoga crossfit and lifting heavy things you want to do it for life inside tracker can help inside tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics inside tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes then inside tracker records your progress every day every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. For a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire InsideTracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash fitmess or visit the link on our website, thefitmess.com.
1: This is The Fit Mess, conversations with world-class experts in the fields of mental, physical, and emotional health. In
0: this episode.
1: You know, we've we've proven a little bit with illness, which we did a lot of research on during COVID. We think there's so much more and that's where the wearable industry is going for all these different use cases. The thing that's
2: gonna matter there with people's health on the line is, is accuracy.
1: Now here are your hosts, Zach and Jeremy.
2: Wearable fitness trackers. Everyone's got one these days, or maybe more than one. I'm wearing two right now, along with some other fancy technology. So what are you tracking? Calories? Steps? The amount of water you drink? Those are all good to keep an eye on, but are you keeping track of your sleep? Not just how much, but how efficient your sleep is to help you recover and be ready for the challenges of the day ahead. That's the promise of the Aura Ring. It's been around for a while, but the company behind it is really picking up steam, and we had a chance to talk with its CEO, Harpreet Singh Rai about why the ring is a powerful device to help you reach your goals and look good doing it.
0: So, Jeremy, I'm actually really excited about today's conversation because Mm -hmm. it's about data.
2: Yes, you're you're a data nerd. I love love the numbers.
0: I do. I love the numbers, but I also like the way my aura ring looks on my finger. Right? It's collecting data.
2: It's the geekiest thing. I wear two rings. One is my wedding ring. One is my aura ring. I don't know which I was more excited to get, honestly. When I opened the box, when this thing (laughs) arrived, I was like, oh man, this is going to be fun. I'm going to learn so much. This is going to be great. Literally, these are the only two rings I wear. And I can't believe how much I have learned about my habits, my sleep, and just the way I approach my day-to-day activities from a ring.
0: Yeah. I only wear one ring, and it's the aura ring. Oh, really? And there's a reason. Did yeah, you repl- did I mean, you
2: replace your wedding ring with the aura ring?
0: I did. I did. <laughs> it, it it serves two purposes now. My original wedding ring is made of titanium, mm-hmm. and it can't be resized. And when we bought it, my finger was significantly larger than it is now, mm-hmm. so it literally falls off. So I haven't worn it in two years. Oh, yeah. To begin with, so I was really excited to get a ring that you know symbolizes the love that I have for my wife. Mm-hmm. She's going to listen. She won't listen to the show and she'll never hear that.
2: But and, in, case, in case she can hear you in the other room, you got to say that out loud. Exactly. <laughs> and
0: is tracking my heart rate variability, tracking my sleep and giving me all of that lovely data that I just love so I can tweak my habits and my routines to be a healthier person.
2: I know we're going to get into this a little bit in our interview here in just a moment with the CEO of Aura. We're going to talk with Harpreet Singh Rai, but this was an interview that we did uh, about a week or so ago. So I'm curious, what's your number today? How how did you do today on your sleep tracking? So my
0: sleep number is actually 65 today.
2: But that, that's not your readiness score. That's your sleep no.
0: score. No, my readiness score is 77, which is good, but it is reminding me that I haven't slept well lately mm-hmm. and This week was the first week of my new job and I had to go to New York City and I was in a hotel room and I just wasn't sleeping well at all this week. So, Yeah, that makes sense. Last night was the first night back in my own bed. And of course, after the week I had, I had trouble falling asleep. So I didn't fall asleep last night until 11 o'clock and I get up at 5.30 for CrossFit every morning. So I only slept for five hours last Mm
2: -hmm. night. So I've learned something weird about my sleep routine. I've been trying forever to be the guy that gets up at 6, goes to bed at, you know, 10, whatever. But when the kids don't fall asleep until 10, that becomes pretty much impossible. So I would, like, force myself to try and go to bed before, like, 11, before 12, and get up at 6, 7, something like that. Every time, my numbers were low. My readiness is in the mid-70s. My sleep is low 70s. And I'm doing everything, right? I got the got the oils going. I got my my heart rate strap on my wrist. And I got all these, I'm like doing all these things to try and like throw, taking the magnesium, everything terrible numbers this week, just sort of by accident, I started going to bed at one o'clock in the morning, just staying up late, getting some work done, doing stuff. And then sleeping in a little bit later, like eight or nine every day. My readiness is in the low nineties. My sleep is in the mid eighties. And I'm realizing like all of my life, I've enjoyed working at jobs where I work late where I can have some time at the end of the day that's just mine to focus and not have to answer to a million different things. And so I've really learned from wearing this ring and experimenting that I really am a night person. That's when I'm going to do my best work. I'm not going to do my best work at six or seven in the morning because I'm not going to have slept well and I'm not going to have recovered well from my sleep. We're not here to sell you a ring. We're here to help you find ways to optimize your health, to, to take charge of your health and, and find ways to track what's working for you and what's not this has been an absolute game changer for me because i'm i'm learning things from my behaviors i can see on nights when my heart rate didn't do what i wanted it to do i can look at the the chart and i can learn oh that yeah i i had popcorn with a movie last night too close to bedtime and so my body was metabolizing that all night contributing to poor sleep just there's there's all these little tricks that this data It's not, and it's not just raw data. Like it gives you advice. It says, Hey, here's your number. And based on this, take it easy today. Or based on this, go get it today. Go after whatever your goals are, your, your body recovered. Well, it's just such an incredible tool. And and I could not be more grateful that, uh, that we've been able to experiment with it in the way that we have.
0: If you're not getting enough sleep, there's only two things you can do. You can either go to bed earlier or you can get up later. Mm -hmm. And in my case, I could easily adjust the time that I got up because my work is flexible, but I could never quite figure out how to get to bed on time. And that's mm-hmm. my main problem to this day. Yeah. Going to bed at a reasonable hour is really hard for me. So in order for me to get the most sleep or to get the sleep that's adequate for me, I really got to sleep in a little bit later, even though I am usually passed out by nine o'clock,
2: but um, sleeping in a little later is getting up at five 30 in the morning to hit the gym.
0: Well, when I lived in Seattle, I had to get up at four. Oh my god! In order to get that, you know, eleven mile, hour and a half commute out of the way. Right, right. So yes, I am sleeping in later by getting up at five thirty. <laughs> on the weekends, I get up at six thirty. Ooh, luxury! Yes, that's sleeping for a whole hour.
2: Nice. All right. So what's under the hood? What's on this thing that we're wearing on our hand that uh, is tracking everything we do and giving us all sorts of advice on how to? Be a little healthier, live a little better, and uh go after our goals in, in a more efficient way. We talked with Harpreet Singh Rai, he's the CEO of Aura Ring, and we asked him, what is this thing? What is the Aura Ring?
1: And well the Aura Ring helps you, you know, understand your health and yourself so you can be a better version of yourself. I, I think most people would probably translate that if they're looking the website into a wearable ring. Um but uh No, I think it, um, we're all about understanding your health. Starting with sleep is the foundation of that and recovery. We help you understand how to personalize and get
0: to your health and figure out what works. How does that happen on the outside? It just looks like a ring and people have been questioning me because I'm trying to do pull-ups and, and barbell Mm -hmm. with this ring on just so it tracks my activity. And, and then I have to explain that it's a a tracker. So, so what is it doing, you know, under, under the hood here? What's it, what's it tracking? What's it not tracking?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. It's a great question. So under the hood, there's a bunch of stuff. Just pull me away if I can get into the weeds too much, but we got a bunch of LEDs in there that are emitting light to measure things like heart rate, respiratory rate. we got a bunch of temperature sensors in there too. So things like can tell if you're getting sick, or even if you're a woman, you can actually see a lot of information relating to your cycle and a movement sensor, movement sensor, accelerometer, uh, and gyroscope in there. And so, you know, really what we do is we, we focus on three things in the app. You see all that data translated into a bunch of different stuff into the app. And the app is, has three main scores, a sleep score, an activity score, and something that we call a readiness score. I think sleep and activity more straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get into, you know, some of that in detail later, but the readiness scores is really, I think how most people find the value and, and, you know, sort of how we achieve what our product does. So the readiness score looks at all of your data both sleep and activity over the last night, but then also prior to weeks, we give you sort of like a rolling balance to see how you're doing. And we check your sleep versus activity. And then we look at probably the other half of the rating scores, physiological signals from your body. Think about them as digital biometrics. So we're looking at like when your lowest heart rate happened, what was your things like heart rate variability, which is a, a very good sign of stress and even things like respiratory rate and temperature, if you may be getting sick. We look at all that and we sort of assess based on that. We have a patented formula, like how ready you are for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may be ready to take your kids to a parent-teacher conference meeting that's going to be <laughs> tough uh, or, 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 or be, you know, ready to do 20 push push-ups or 20 pull-ups strict non-kipping as well. So readiness is, is, is that, that version of yourself that is better. Right and whatever makes you you. And so, when I was lifting a lot, yeah, sure. For me, I meant physical readiness. For me now, and being in you know more meetings than I am in the gym, <laughs> it's like, hey, okay, how ready am I for the team? How ready am I to answer a tough questions? How ready am I to make you know decisions quickly? And so, I think that's really how we think about better health, better recovery, better sleep, even better activity translates into you being a better version of yourself.
2: How ready are you for this interview? What what what's your number today?
1: I don't know, why don't we guess? What do you think so far? You just met me. Uh, you
2: you, you seem pretty dialed in. I'm gonna say uh, upper 80s.
1: Today is actually uh, uh, upper 70s day. Oh, wow. A lower, a lower day than normal, but well, you're, yeah. You're wearing <laughs> a
2: good mask then, nice job. It's um. the Zoom
1: filters, they're great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but, so you, you've already uh, explained it very well, the readiness. That is the thing that, uh, you know, I already have a bad habit of my phone being the first thing I look at when I wake up in the morning. But this is feeding that addiction every single day, because I want to see how did I do last night. And that is the thing that I love about this is that it's, it's more than a tracker because it it actually offers you feedback. It's not just, here's a number now do with that what you will, like it actually provides feedback. And that has just been super valuable for me. Sometimes I'm surprised, like today, I thought, oh, God, I woke up, I was just in pain, just felt horrible. My, My neck's been killing me for days. My sleep score was 85. And I was like, That's crazy and and it, it is funny because once i sort of got up and got moving i felt better and i was like okay that that makes more sense now but it, it totally. does it can yeah. there can be moments it, where it, i can no, argue it, with it.
1: it's it's the, the mind is a trippy thing yeah. um so <laughs> no pun intended but, um, <laughs> um but i, I think there's lo- there's lots of reasons for that jeremy so they actually did a study i think it was at stanford I've talked about this once with, I want to say professor there, Dr. Jamie Zeitzer, and they took all these people, did real sleep lab, you know, hooked up to 16 wires overnight. They looked at all the REM deep sleep, their sleep quality in the sleep lab. You know what we do in a much more convenient way, slightly less accurate, but way more convenient. And they looked at how do you feel the next day? They found there was no subjective correlation to the quality assessment of sleep versus what the individual actually thought. Funny. Now. Yeah. I can do from everything. If you wake up in REM sleep, which is the later half of your night, yeah. if you're in the middle of a dream, you can be groggy. And so it, it actually takes you a little bit. Like you said, you felt fine after an hour or two. Mm-hmm. It can be partly that. The other reason too, is like, you know, your body is complicated. Mm-hmm. It's it's more complicated than your car, right, right. <laughs> right? There's more wires, believe it or not, more <laughs> electrons flowing, more protons, whatever it may be. Right. Definitely more fluids, different types. Right. Yeah. And, um, I, I think, us trying to understand ourselves, it, it's hard to, it's really hard to know how you feel anymore, mm-hmm. right? We're constantly bombarded. We're constantly distracted. Mm-hmm. And so getting the, the assessment just to sit back and relax, like, you know, that doesn't really happen anymore. You can't even relax watching TV because you're on your phone half the time. And you're getting emails, Slack, text, right? Yep. And so I think the more, more digitally connected we get as a society, it actually is harder to understand what's going on with yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think humans in general, the more and more, you know, it's almost like the matrix. The more and more you get plugged in, it's like really hard to see what's going on inside that body, right? You're just sitting yeah. in that chair. So I, I think having that data to look at gives you better assessment. And, and then frankly, a lot of it though is like when you wake up, if you don't sleep for a long time, you're used to five, six hours and you go sleep for 12 hours, even though you have a high sleep score, you're going to feel drowsy because your circadian rhythm now is just set to waking up at six hours. But it doesn't mean it was necessarily the wrong thing to do per se, right? right? Like you haven't got enough sleep for a long, long time. Yeah. So there, there's tons of factors into that, but I, I have a lot of views and I've asked myself the same question as so many people. Have. <laughs> That's you're, funny. You're not alone. Sure. Yeah.
0: Sure. How does heart rate variability play into this? It seems to be a lot of people are talking about that yeah. as a really important indicator of how healthy you are recovery and what you should be doing. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Totally. And it's a great question, Zach. And I think you're right. Like the more and more science and literature comes up on heart rate variability, the the more interesting it is. It's, you know, turning out to be in the science and literature, potentially an early indicator for heart attack and stroke or a cardiac event to everything of like, how well are you physically going to perform in a neuromuscular activity, like a strength lifting competition, or even an endurance activity. Um, Actually, Mark Altini has put out a lot of stuff. He has this app called HRV for training, or it is integrated, but he's very deep on that. That's sort of maybe how people like use heart rate variability, like in those use cases of like again getting a little bit back to readiness, right? That's part of the readiness score. But heart rate variability itself, what it really means is the variation in every single heartbeat. So I'm sitting here, you know, I have a 77 readiness score today. You know, Jeremy has a way better readiness score, um, but both our heart, let's say our heartbeats are at sort of 60 beats per minute. Now that's per minute. Every second is slightly different actually. Right. So he, you know, he may be one, 1.1, 1.2, you know, 0.8, 1.2. He may have a higher heart rate variability, which actually is counterintuitive. That means less stress or more readiness to perform. The other way to think about it, it's like, it's almost like that car idling. Like if you have that car idling and, 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 you, you know, you sort of have, I'm just using a stick shift, but like, right. You, you have your foot on the gas, right. And you're ready to go and you can hit it. Right. Because you have that variability. You're not stopping from a cold start when, when you have a low heart rate variability, you know, you're almost like tight, like that rigid standpoint where like, you're not breathing in a meeting or some social encounter, right. That happens to us all. I feel like, right. Mm -hmm. Where like each beat is exactly the same and you're stressed. And that that's a sign of your autonomic nervous system stress, right. So that fight or flight response, right. So if you have high heart rate variability, you're going to be able to think on your feet. Let's say that cheetah is coming down in, in the room right now, right. I'm going to think to or let's say you and Jeremy, and you and Jeremy are together, Zach, you're going to be like, I just need to push Jeremy down and get out of the way. Like you're going to be able to think <laughs> on your feet. You're going to be in a flow state. You're going to be, you're going to have that sort of fluidity at that car, that high heart rate variability to be able to hit it. So it's really just a sign of autonomic nervous system stress. And it's being used for so much, you know, at first it was just not mainly for strength training. Now it turns out even more for endurance training and even then heart attack and stroke. I, the other way I'll say is like, you know, if you have a stressful day. With someone you love whether it's a coworker, whether it's a you know loved one whether it's a kid right even the stock market you lose a lot of money in your portfolio one day like most people's heart rate variability will be down the next day so it's just a good overall measure the more and more research that's done on it is stress the interesting thing about aura we're the only commercial wearable that tracks heart rate variability 99 correlated to an ekg overnight sorry 98 98.4 We can get into that if we had more time, but a lot of that has to do with just simply the ring being on your finger, you know, every hospital measures your heart rate and your SPO2 on a finger. And those things are plugged in right to, you know, they have tons of power, but it just turns out that that signal on your finger, it's so much easier to see that pulse from your arteries that, that are on your finger versus like the veins that are back here. Same reason why if you're, you know, diabetic and you do take that Lancet and prick your finger, all this blood comes out from your finger. If you prick that on your wrist, no blood comes out. turns out that blood is buried below the surface on the backside of your wrist, below muscle, below, you know, a bunch of bone, you know, dark skin and hair like me. And so that signals way weaker. And so we're able to measure continuously at the highest fidelity at EKG quality overnight.
2: Is that the reason that it was designed as a ring is because of all the access to the finger, or is it also just the fact that a ring is something you're much less likely to take off?
1: It, it was a combination of exactly those things, Jeremy. Accuracy and convenience. Most wearables, I, I you know, Kara Swisher said this once. You know, she she's a writer for the New York Times and used to be at Vox or Recode at both, I think actually. And so she she used to call wearables. I still think does as unwearables. Like they're big, they're bulky, they're on my wrist. She was like, I never wear these with a dress. They they look ugly, right? Even if you're a man, now, Chris Hemsworth's rocking an aura ring because he has a sweet Rolex or a tag or something on his <laughs> wrist, right? So, um, you know, I think this, this idea of it blends in, it is convenient, the battery life is way longer, but, but really, Jeremy, at the end of the day, yeah, accuracy. That's what really, I think, primarily drove our decision. It was like, hey, all this technology is interesting. It's gonna have more and more health use cases. You know, we've, we've proven a little bit with illness, which we did a lot of research on during COVID, women's health, sleep. Mm. And so, you know, we think there's so much more and that's where the wearable industry is going for all these different use cases. The thing that's going to matter there with people's health on the line is, is accuracy. So that is primarily why we made it a ring. It just happens to look pretty good and have a nice long battery life too.
2: You mentioned COVID. I know that that was an interesting time for the wearable industry. How did it affect you guys?
1: I mean, it was always scary. It's like, I feel like any company didn't matter if you're a restaurant, didn't matter if you're running a podcast, right? Your business. Was affected. Everyone, you know, we knew was affected during during the pandemic, and still is, right? We're still in somewhat of a this weird extended lockdown, whatever it feels like. Um, So I think you know we reacted at the foundation of what's the heart of our core as a company, and and that is our accuracy. And so we we were the first wearable to partner with an academic institution, research institution. Partnered with UCSF. Um, We ended up donating three thousand rings to frontline healthcare workers across the country, and you know. I want to say end of March and, you know, people that are going to be in the COVID wards. And then we opened it up to all our whole audience that, Hey, anyone that is willing to submit their data, like, let's use this as a period to learn. Mm-hmm. There's unfortunately, hopefully we're not alive when this happens, going to be another pandemic. And what can we learn as a society to develop algorithms and data on to keep each other safe. And so, yeah, we, you know, we ended up partnering with UCSF had over 70,000 people participate in that tempering study and they had data published back in December And what they showed was basically of the first 50 cases they analyzed and tore down, it's up on the internet and scientific paper that's actually open access. Basically 38 of those first 50 people, they could see significant changes three days in advance of anyone feeling symptoms. So your data is changing for 76% of the people three days before you get sick. And then this study, the next 14% were one to two days before you feel symptoms. 10% was the same day you feel symptoms. And so, you know, I think that technology, if you think about it, this stuff spreads through humans, just like every flu season does. You know, Mm -hmm. it's human to human. uh, And and it's most of the time we're not spreading it on purpose. We don't, I don't think all of us are evil. We don't want to (laughs) get each other sick. And, um, you know, uh, just that ability to know and then take precautions in your own hand, take health empowerment in your own hands to keep each other safe. And so when we did that and when we got that research into action with UCSF, I mean, in, in, that really led to like a lot of our partnerships last year. So, you know, the NBA was the first sports organization mm-hmm. to like go back during a pandemic in a bubble environment and WNBA as well. And so we partnered with them because they looked at us and other wearables and they have a really thorough wearable validation committee that looked at all that data and was just like, holy cow, we're impressed. Same with UFC, mm-hmm. the UFC Performance Institute does some badass research. Um, you know, Duncan French is, is a beast. He used to work, uh, he was an SNC coach at, at Notre Dame. Um, you know, he looked at every other wearable out there and Red Bull Racing, NASCAR, a bunch of other organizations have, have chosen us for that use case. And we've we've heard it from so many of our customers. I had someone who called me and just one of the customers I happen to know, I don't know many of them. And he was like, Look, I gotta tell you something. And this was like right after Christmas. And he was like, I saw my readiness score, hit a 45 or a 50. You know, he's normally in the 80s, does MMA, really fit guy. And he was like, I was heading home to see my dad, who's like. 90 years old and immune compromised. And he was like, you know, for Christmas. And he saw it and he was like, I need to go get tested because he was just like, you know, afraid. What if my dad and you know, he was positive and That's he was just incredible. like, dude, if I went home, my dad probably would have gotten this and wouldn't have made it. And he was like, I had no symptoms. And then, you know, two, three days later, he was like totally knocked out. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we've just, you know, we've heard that from hundreds, if not thousands of our customers. And it's not just this year. We've seen it before, but obviously with COVID, it's much more severe and affecting more people and spreading faster. So, yeah, I think that ended up being, our team just reacted saying like, we got to do what we always do and learn how the human body works so we can live better lives as people. Um, And, you know, we shifted and adapted to that environment. I will say it did help that we had strong confidence there because we're one of the only wearables that has temperature sensors in it. Mm-hmm. you know from day one so that's something we've we've used in our data again for people getting sick we've never like put that much focus on it you know versus all the other things like you know zach wants me to track kipping pull-ups first pull-ups or strict pull-ups and we can't do that yet but uh <laughs> one day we will. Um, and so you know i think we just we shifted we we're like this is changing changing environment uh this is where we can help with with our
0: mission and our vision so let's do it So with all the data that you've collected and that you've looked at, I'm curious, like, what is, you know, the one or two things that that has really surprised you with all of this? Like what insights have you seen in the population? Yeah. That really surprised you and, and, you know, in positive, negative way, what, whatever, whatever way.
1: I was going to say that Jeremy gets better readiness scores than you, but that would just be pretty good. Totally. (laughs) Every day,
2: every day. No. Um,
1: uh, uh, it's it's good. And, you know, we're GDPR compliant, so we, we, we can't look up any, you know, individual user, but we do see data aggregated across a lot of users. Um, wow. Uh, there's so much in that data. I mean, you know, I think we're, what's so cool about it is if you think about the scale we're at, like, you know, m- Basically, like, you know, every week we're seeing three, four million nights, five million nights of data, which is which is cool in itself, because it's just like so much data is coming in. Yeah. Um, a, a couple basic common things we've seen people who eat late have a huge impact mm-hmm. on their on their sleep and readiness. You their oh, yeah, in your
2: head, so you it, it is. Them. It is amazing how often I will see a poor number and I go, yeah, I ate later than I normally hey, do. Hey, that's yeah. that's totally the reason.
1: And it's like one of those things, Jeremy, I feel like that normally you wouldn't think about feeling worse the next day, you just sort of get up and get plugged back into your routine and you just sort of, you know, you wouldn't really think about it. Right. Um, yeah. So I'd say some of the biggest observations we've heard from people and we've in the data, cause you know, we do have people that have tags, uh, that tag a lot of this stuff. And also we're automatically identifying a lot of it, but, but basically that, yeah, you know, late caffeine, alcohol, but really late eating is just like, you know, some things that we do that we don't realize like how much it impacts how we recover and how we feel the next day. Mm-hmm. So that's like low hanging fruit, like table stakes that we can learn. And ironically, we've seen that culturally almost like everywhere. Like every country doesn't really matter. That's like, funny. There's like perceptions about Spain, but I, the data would suggest that Italy, France, and the US are so, sort of all in <laughs> the same boat. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, but I think I think those three are, are really interesting. We do find that people who are most consistent, and it makes sense to something Jeremy brought up, like, you know, a lot of us sort of get social jet lag. You know, the weekends you sleep in, you wake up later, but then that actually affects your data and how you feel. And so, being just consistent the way hormonally we were designed as humans to rise and fall with some type of rhythm with the sun and the moon, if you're more consistent, you generally have better data in the sense that even lower resting heart rate, um, like basic things like that. You wouldn't think that if I slept at the same time, that would have an impact actually on my overall heart rate. Well, it turns out actually. You know, I forget the exact stat, but every time there's daylight savings change, heart rate, heart rate attacks go up by like 20%. So, you know, just on that one day versus the prior day. So being consistent with your time helps, helps so much. You know, I think we we did see really interesting data during COVID, you know, people in the beginning actually being their resting heart rates actually going down, like seeing people sleep better that just getting into a little bit more of that routine and schedule, mm-hmm. like ended up working out better for a lot of people. But then as COVID went on, and even during early you know stages of the pandemic, that some people you could tell is totally taking a toll on their data. And, and now that it's kept going on longer, you're, you're definitely starting to see that more. We have put out data in the past on our blog, but I know we're due for an update. But it also just keeps changing because the state of that we're all in as a, as a country and as a, as a global population right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what you do every day to, to try and score a well, do you, do you have a, a wellness routine yeah. or are you just back to back in zoom meetings all day long?
1: Well, it definitely feels like zoom airlines right now. Right. You got like your two by two tray where you yep. get your food and you're on, you know, you look at the little screen, but, um, no, so, uh, I have two cups of coffee every day. them both before 10 AM. Okay. So I make sure I don't drink coffee after 10, just given the half life of caffeine I try to eat five hours before I go to bed oh. that that makes such a huge difference. The way I train and work out is more like balance that load and recovery. I don't try need to go hard all day, every day. I definitely had a lot of injuries in the past doing that, but it's so cool to see that in the data and then actually make better progress like by, you know, I guess working smarter, but doing less and achieving more. <laughs> um, I think the other thing I do is like, if I honestly, if I am stressed out, I see it in my data, you know, we are a fast growing startup there, you know, like, I don't even know how many people, 300 plus people. Now I can't, like every week I just can't keep track. But like, you know, I think when things do get overwhelming, it's like, Hey, take a day off, take it easy. Like just go clear your mind and walk for a bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Meditate is something I found that, you know, helps me. And so even if it's just five minutes, we, we do have a meditation feature in the app and you know, you can track your heart rate variability during that session. Um, And that's, that's actually interesting. Another cool thing that like the better and longer you meditate generally, the better you can get at sort of raising your heart rate variability and lowering your resting heart rate. So you, you can sort of, you know, mind over matter really there, there is that sort of mind body reaction and connection for sure. But those are some of the things I do. Uh, I don't, I don't really drink much. I used to drink more. Hopefully my mom's not listening to this, but um, I think, um, you know, I partly not, really because I just found out how much it affects me the next day mm-hmm. felt like I was having fun tonight to rob it from tomorrow. Yeah. And um, it, it just, it was something that I was like, wow, I didn't realize even one glass or two glasses of alcohol could do that. Yeah. Um, you know, so I still have fun when I'm, you know, with people I want to be drinking with, you know, socially, but limit it and careful about it. So those are some of the big things, Zach, I don't know. I don't know what, what have, what if, what you two have found, if anything, that's been helpful.
0: I can say for myself, I don't think I realized how little sleep I was getting and it was or quality sleep, right? I was, I was going to bed, but I was reading for two hours or not falling asleep. So changing that actual fall asleep time made a huge difference. And then of course the eating, right? If I, if I ate late, I could see a noticeable difference. So those two things alone made a huge difference in the way I feel every day.
2: Yeah, for me yeah. pre Aura Ring, uh, I, I had the same experience. I literally, I haven't, I haven't drank alcohol in four years because it was the same thing. I, I woke up for the last time feeling like I feel horrible because of last night, and literally haven't yeah. haven't touched it since. So, so same thing there. And then, uh, for me, it's kind of I, I'm suffering today a little bit because yesterday was, I I went to go try out the new lawnmower and it turned into three hours of yard work. And so I tend to do that where like I go really hard and then I'm like, okay, now I'm just going to be hurting for three days. And so I've yeah. sort of been trying to just even out my physical routine as well. I know we're up against the clock. Where do we learn more about the Aura Ring?
1: Uh, luckily, we got a website. It's uh, just uh, www.oraring.com O U R A R I N gcom com. you can find find a bunch about us there.
2: And we'll link to that on our website as well. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for all the work you're doing. And thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I, and honestly, thanks for both of you. I think, frankly, it, it takes people eventually, you know, tell other people about stuff. And I think the way you guys do it, the uplifting way, the fun way, right. And it, it makes it, you know, it's it's spreading positive information about health or whatever the topic may be. Yeah. Right. And and so I, I just think that you know i've always found podcasts as a source of information to like oh i feel like i found someone else yeah that i feel like i can trust and learn from and you know and i think we need more of that out there in the world so i appreciate both of you yeah you, know, doing what you do as well thank you that's, thank that's you.
2: totally our mission is just to make this journey a little less lonely for people that are struggling uh, like us so thank, thank you so much i know you have another call it really means a lot thank you for okay. taking the time thanks jeremy thanks zach all right. I love doing these interviews. Whenever we get a chance to do them, this has been one of my most favorite Harpreet Singh Rai, CEO of Aura Ring. Really enjoyed that and learned a ton and glad to know that I'm, uh, that I'm beating him on, on a regular basis on my sleep score. That, that makes me feel good. Yeah. You are also not a CEO. of a I'm company. also not a CEO of a major company with loads and loads of money at stake. So I guess he's got that going for him, which must yeah, be nice. Exactly, He can take
0: a couple of points off there.
2: You can find out more about the ring uh, through our website, thefitness.com. There's a link to our ring uh, on the show notes for this episode.
0: So I love the the part of that interview when we were talking about the ring actually alerting you if you're getting sick or something's wrong with your body. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually experienced that within the first month of having the ring on my finger. We were on vacation and I am notorious for working really hard. And then when I go on vacation and stop working...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I always get sick because, like, my body decompresses and goes. Oh, we can take all the defenses down now, <laughs> and I, I always get sick Weird. when I'm on vacation, and it usually hits me for like three or four days. So, like, if we're going on vacation for a week, it's half to more than the vacation.
2: Not to interrupt, but you do fly and you do go to theme parks that are German-fested hellholes, so that might have something to do with it too.
0: Nope. Nope. (laughs) Never. It would never have anything to do with that. But this particular vacation that we went on was, we went to Cape Cod. We rented a house. It was at the beach. So none of that, none of that applies to the situation. Okay.
2: Rare exception. Um, Yeah. But
0: again, like my wife will tell you, it usually knocks me down pretty hard for like three or four days, whatever it is. And my ring, it notified me on one day where I didn't feel anything. I was totally fine my baseline was normal but it was like your temperature is a little bit higher your you know heart rate variability was off your resting heart rate was off you probably need a day to rest interesting and so i i looked at it and was like okay i will you know i'll rest today which i really didn't but i didn't go overboard like i was planning on going for like a 20 mile bike ride i didn't do that mm-hmm. just like went down to the beach and sat there and then the next morning i woke up And I didn't feel good. Right. It wasn't, you know, horrible. And I was like, okay, we'll take the ring's advice. And I just sat there on the couch and watched TV all day, drank a bunch of fluids. And by the next day I was fine.
2: That's so interesting.
0: So by taking it easy on that day, when I noticed, when the ring noticed there was an issue, I think I saved myself from losing half of my vacation.
2: Sure, sure. It's interesting you mentioned that too, because my kids have been sick all week. One of them came down with flu-like symptoms that honestly, we were a little afraid could be COVID. So we went and did the test and all that. And she's, she's fine. No, no COVID here, but being with her and, and comforting her, she's six, you know, I can't be on the other side of the door, like, hope you're okay in there. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm exposing myself to something. I could very well get whatever this is, cold, flu, COVID, whatever. And I kept thinking of his story. And how I wonder if my ring will tell me, I wonder if I'll wake up and my number will be in the toilet or I'll get that alert that says, hey, take it easy, something, something weird's going on. But every morning I've woken up with numbers in the 80s and 90s. I felt fine. And there's something even psychologically where I'm like, the ring says I'm fine, so I'm fine. And so from, from like a mindset point of view, you know, if you, if you believe the idea that you can think your way to better health, I'm waking yeah. up seeing that every day going, oh, I'm good. I'm going to fight off whatever, whatever she's got, whatever's in the air. So it is, it's just such a powerful tool in so many ways. And I think that, you know, that story really illustrates that this is something that, that I can't wait to see how it advances. I know other companies now are starting to incorporate that readiness score into their tracking devices because there's so much value in having the numbers determined or having the numbers evaluated for you rather than getting the raw data of here's how much sleep you got and here's how much activity you got today. Well, that doesn't yeah. tell me if it's working and how to how to make that a more regular part of my life.
0: Yeah, but like you said, like this one's in ring form, so you get better data, you get longer life. So I, I wear a watch too that tracks so yep. all of this stuff. I get maybe a day and a half out of my watch, and mm-hmm. then I need to take it off. Yep, for like the entire night to let it recharge, whereas. I know that the rings are waterproof and Mm -hmm. you can wear them into the shower, Yep. but I actually take mine off and charge it while I shower every morning.
2: Oh, smart. That's
0: all I ever do. Yeah. And it stays fully charged. So just that, you know, 10 minutes in the shower once a day, is all it needs. And
2: it really, I think it, I think it charges in like an hour. I do mine once a week. It's usually on Sunday and it's like, I'll get the alert, better charge this. I throw it on there, you know, when I'm sitting at the computer working for an hour or whatever, I'm like, Oh, let's go put it back on. So it's just the cool
0: part about this though is, and this is, I haven't seen this in any other tracker when it's done charging, it alerts you on your phone. Right. I haven't noticed that. On my phone, it alerts me. So usually like I'll take my watch off to go charge it. And then three days later I remember to put it back on. Right. Like, totally. You not three days, but it's definitely yeah, longer l- than the whole you day want. of data. Yeah, yeah. And but my ring, like an hour later, when it's fully charged, I get a little ping on my phone that says, Your ring is fully charged. That's like, awesome. Oh yeah.
2: Right. I gotta go put that thing back on. That's either that's either a setting I have turned off or that's an Android thing. But I, I'm gonna look into that. So
0: Uh, it's probably a setting because i can't imagine android being better than an iphone yeah and i turn off
2: i hate alerts so i try and turn them all off but that one i'm going to turn on that's that's invaluable i hate i hate taking it off because i hate losing the data i hate losing that hour i'm like i want to know every minute so if you're interested in tracking your health to the next level we
0: definitely highly recommend this ring It, it gives you great information to make changes to your daily habits and routines that are going to be beneficial for a positive long-term healthy life
2: absolutely i know it's made a big change in my life and uh looking forward to seeing what other changes i'll be able to make in my life to utilize this information to my advantage if you would like to do the same there is a link to the aura ring on our website thefitmess.com while you're there please do subscribe on whatever podcast player you're using sign up for the newsletter and of course follow us on social media Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week on Wednesday with a brand new episode at thefitmass.com. See yeah, everyone.
1: We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.